CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. I'm not going to do my uh, normal intro. I'm a little bit under the weather. I'm your host, Ryan Abraham, uh, host of the Parastyle Podcast and publisher of uscfootball.com. We're supposed to do a show on Tuesday. It is now Thursday evening, and I'm joined alongside Shotgun Spratling. You can follow him on Twitter at ShotgunSPR. We're doing a uh, simulcast on YouTube, and we're also recording it for the Parastyle Podcast because big news came out on Thursday. We had a lot of big news over the weekend with recruiting, but big news on Thursday about the uh, big tw- the Big Ten 2024 and 2025 football schedules. USC knows their opponents for both of those years. Home and away. Not the times and dates yet, but we know the home and away schedule. So I wanted to bring a shotgun to talk about all that. Not an emergency podcast, but just sort of a special edition. Uh, he's joining on remotely on the East Coast. I'm in the studio by myself, not contaminating anybody. But shotgun, how you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing good. As long as I can stay away from you, I've been wearing a mask the last couple of days. I've been a little bit under the weather, trying to keep everyone in the household not from catching anything uh, before I head back down to Virginia, heading back to Charlottesville for the second weekend in a row for baseball. So uh, looking forward to that. It's going to be really fun as far as the Super Regionals. Wish USC baseball had been involved last weekend during yeah. the Regionals, but they got shafted by the NCAA uh, Selection Committee. And then the Selection Committee, uh, the athletic director uh, that was the chairman, his his school – was ousted in the first round um, by Penn, and uh, I believe by Southern Miss was the other school that took him out. So nice. uh, Auburn did not fare very well in this tournament after their AD kind of gave the shaft to a couple of other schools. So The SEC seemed to got preferential treatment for some reason in the baseball stuff, right? So that uh, it seemed to work. <laughs> they are pretty good in the baseball right. spectrum, but they also got a little bit of heads up or a little bit of leg up this year, it felt like, too. Yeah. Um, we, uh, so if you're watching on YouTube, uh, try to put your comments in there. If you have a question, we don't have a lot of questions today. So put question and I will start and get it to the end. Um, and, uh, Saints world says, yeah, incredible news today. Fight on. Yeah, there is incredible news and we're going to get to that. That's why we're doing the show now. And I do apologize. I really wanted to do a show on Tuesday. I've just been down and out since I came back from my vacation so i've sort of had like a vacation on the couch from vacation but um so appreciate you guys being patient i know people showed up on tuesday at noon when we're supposed to go live and it didn't happen i already did one show earlier today i'm probably pushing it i did a show earlier on the podcast of champions that i passed out for like two hours so we'll see we'll see how long this one lasts but um if you guys are watching uh listening however you're doing if you want to get us a question you can email us podcast at uscfootball.com you can also call or text us at 424 254-9141. We got a voicemail for you today, and you can send us text messages as well 
And also on the Apple Podcasting app. Wow, my voice is dying already. Uh, you can follow us, leave us a five-star rating. That would be great. I will fire it up, Shotgun. We're good. Um, do you like Trader Joe's, Shoddy? Well, I'm going to take a drink of water. Are you, you a fan? Of course. Who isn't a fan of Trader Joe's? I mean, you've got me addicted, basically, <laughs> to those rolled tortilla chips, the chili lime those rolled tortilla chips. I mean, from bringing them to the tailgate, uh, those are like my uh, – my craving food now. I gave up sugar this year, so those do not have any sugar in them. So those just get – I'll pound a bag of those at times, unfortunately. <laughs> so I'm not really cutting out the snacking like I – you know, was the intention of cutting out sugar. Uh, but I found a, a substitute with a lot of salt and uh, a lot of sodium instead. Yeah, no, those are good stuff. And uh, I've you know, been out of the country, so I haven't had Trader Joe's. So I got to go in. And then I got sick and I couldn't go in. So I go to the website and uh, I usually try to find some ideas – and they have this Trader Joe's Blondie Bar baking mix. And I'm like, oh, my God, this looks amazing. So uh, <laughs> you got to go check it out. It's got – are you a butterscotch guy? I'm not a butterscotch guy. I, I lo- I, I, when I was sick, I bought – like I did, uh, you know, uh, whatever, Uber Eats to, to get groceries in the house. I got butterscotch pudding delivered to the house, which was good. Uh, but this is like <laughs> – oh, my God. You got the Blondie Bar. It's banana. You got chocolate. Nuts, but you also have butterscotch and vanilla in there. So I'm like, oh, these look really good. So make sure you go check it out. But Trader Joe's has been great to us over the years. Lots of awesome snacks and foods. And uh, I'm jonesing to get back in there since I have, wasn't able to do that because I was. Right. The good thing, the though, about Trader Joe's is that it's in Big Ten country as well. There's Ooh. one not too far from my house here in New Jersey. So, um, you know, you can, when you guys come out, we can still stop by Trader Joe's. You don't have to feel like you're missing out on your favorite uh, grocery store just because you come into the Big Ten. No, that's, that's perfect. I love that. And uh, before we jump into anything else, I also want to remind everybody. So this is huge news today. We get to find out what's going on. We're going to break down the whole schedule and everything and talk about what it means. Uh, but you got to be you got to be dialed in. Like the USAFootball.com over the weekend was insane. Just, just all the content that was going up, all the official visitors, uh, the commitments. Just it was a. I mean, just there's so much content, so much crap going on. You just needed to be part of the USAFootball.com community. You can do that at 60 percent off an annual membership right now. So make sure you go check it out. If you're not a member, if you just like watch us on the YouTube channel, listen to the podcast. That's awesome. Get over there. Get on the Peristyle, the premium message board. You will not regret it. Go. It'll be the best, you know, 60% off right now. You get a free week, and then you go at the 60% off price. Go check it out. And when that's done, you get free Paramount Plus, which everyone's doing streaming and stuff now. So it's a, it is a no-brainer. Go in. It's going to be the best money you've ever spent. People don't call and like, oh, uh, we, I regret it because it's just too much. No. Like, everyone loves it when they come and join. And uh, so make sure you go check it out. And it's just – it's only going to be getting better. Like, this is – so exciting like after years and years of the clay helton era and no nothing going anywhere now you have like a heisman trophy winner coming back and going to the big 10 and oh you get to play michigan and iowa and wisconsin and notre dame that's your home schedule one year oh and you're gonna play lsu down the street in vegas like what like that's insane so yes this is the right time to sign up yeah, there's this guy named Lincoln Riley, and he's been doing pretty good <laughs> for USC. Um, so it's a lot different than the doldrums that USC was in. And, you know, the the, pin, the the Big Ten schedule adds excitement. That's for sure. It's new opponents, new trips, new everything. 
you're going to want to be on the P because you have people, you know, we, we've got advanced scouting. Unlike other sites, we've got advanced scouting. I've been traveling to these Big Ten schools, checking them out already for you guys to try to hit up, you know, some of the local spots. I've been asking the coaches when I go see, cover baseball games, all right, what's the spot the fans got to be at? What's the spot I need to stop in at? What's the late night spot? So we're going to have stuff like that for you guys. We've got insider info with Chris Trevino whenever USC goes to play at Maryland in 2024. You know, he's going to have all the information there. So we've got a little bit of, of a different uh, viewpoint. And Ryan, having grown up in Pennsylvania, you know, has a, a little bit of a, an, an extra adage there, even though, you know, it's a little – it's that's like a half day, uh, half century ago uh, back in his day. So yeah. uh, things might have changed a little bit there. But, you know, that, we're, we're going to have some different perspective on it, I think, just because of our staff and, the, you know, how spread out it is right now, uh, for better or worse. Um, but it, it's it's definitely going to be very interesting to see all these new teams. They're going to play differently than Washington State. They're going to be played differently yeah. than Oregon or Oregon State. How does USC match up with it? Those are things we'll be looking at as the schedule gets closer and closer. And what is USC going to do without Caleb Williams when they go into the schedule? Is it going to be Miller Moss? Is it going to be Malachi Nelson? These are the things you're going to want to be subscribed to uscfootball.com for to get our inside info on how those kind of those battles are playing out and you know what we're seeing ourselves as well. For sure. Um, I'm going to put up this little graphic that USC – tweeted out earlier today um it's showing like who's your favorite if you just look at those helmets as they scroll <laughs> through like all of those teams are going to be playing in the coliseum over the next two years do you see like a penn state and a nebraska and a michigan and an iowa and a wisconsin it's like what like those teams are all co- this isn't like a rose bowl every once in a while those teams are all going to be in the Coliseum uh, over the next couple of seasons, so pretty, uh, pretty special. I'll read the uh, the list of like where we are as far as like let's start with 2024, Shoddy. So I already mentioned this was the first thing I saw, and I think Brett McMurphy tweeted like the first leak of this that I saw, which was and- a little bit disappointing to be honest. That the oh. leak came out is like okay, here's the marquee ones. Uh, okay, we'll see what the rest of the fodder is afterwards. Um, yeah, I felt just kind of like, eh, why did that have to come out? You know, it felt kind of like you know, when, you, when you're watching a draft as a fan and you're just like, all right, who's our team going to get? And then you see it pop up on Twitter and it's kind of like you don't have that excitement of the actual announcement itself. Uh, that's how the, the Britton Murphy tweet, seeing you guys quote retweeted, I was like, oh, okay, here comes the, the news, the big ones. I was excited for 430. I was kind of getting jacked up for that time and it comes out a little bit earlier. So I'd say I was a little disappointed to for that to come out a little early. Full full disclosure. So I told you I came in the morning to do the podcast. Now I've been down for the count. Like I've been sleeping most of the day. So like today I felt better. Get up, do breakfast or whatever. And I come in the studio, do the show remotely because Dave, had, I couldn't have Dave in here. And I get home and I put all the content up and everything. And I just pass out on the couch. And at the 1.30 was the thing. And I was really like, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll just sleep for a little bit. I slept through like the announcement of the 1.30 thing. So... Yeah, I slept like a half an hour too long, so that was my bad. So it was sort of a surprise to me. But we didn't know about the 2025 stuff, at least. And most of the, you know, Brett McMurphy, I've, I don't know how many games. He might have put like 10 games in there, but four of them involved USC because um, they were the big ones. And home games for USC in 2024 in the Big, in, you know, the big Ten will be Michigan, Iowa, Wisconsin, Luke Fickle, uh, and Illinois. Uh, so Illinois is like, meh, whatever. But the other, you know, Illinois had a really good defense. So they've been okay in that other, in the uh, Big Ten uh, 
west there, I guess. And then uh, in the Coliseum, so those are in the Coliseum. Uh, the away games is UCLA, which is not really away, but UCLA. Uh, Penn State, so going to Happy Valley, that's a tough trip because just to get there, I'll probably fly like, you know, I have family in, in Pittsburgh, so I'll probably go there and then drive like the four hours. Or you hours. can come here. You can come, come here. To, I mean, that's the thing. I, and people don't understand that some of these schools – are, are very similar to Pullman. Like there's not a, you know, there's not a local airport uh, or a regional airport in the, in the area. So you have to fly into a major city somewhere else. I've talked to the Penn state baseball coach now, ex baseball coach, but talking about how, you know, some of their road trips they have to take to fly to Minneapolis. They sometimes drive to Baltimore. Like these are, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's three and a half hours here from about from Philadelphia. So it's kind of in the middle. You're going to have to fly into Pittsburgh or, or Philadelphia, maybe even New York if you really want to, and then go over or Baltimore. So there's going to be a, a different, you can find different ways to get there, but it's in the middle of nowhere. Same thing with Purdue, same thing with a couple other of these schools. They're just in the middle of nowhere. There's not a, there's a, college town around it not a college city so it's going to be a little bit different for usc fans i think when they go you know it, it is similar to corvallis or pullman but also with those cities you, you feel like you know you're 40 minutes or so away from a you know a, a relatively larger city so uh, we'll see how usc fans kind of figure out some of these road trips and stuff as well for penn state too so um that's the marquee road game in 2024 and i was texting with uh, contact over at penn state um, 2025, UCLA probably gets the whiteout treatment uh, for Penn State because that's like their biggest home game that year. 2024, Penn State hosts USC and Ohio State. But he was telling me that USC could still get the whiteout treatment for that one since USC hasn't been there. So that's uh, that'll be interesting. But that's a, that's a tough one to get to. Just like Shotgun said, logistically, it's not easy. Maryland, that'll be easier to get to, right? Uh, and then Chris Trevino is hosting everyone at his house, I guess. So <laughs> we can all go there, eat crab cakes and all that kind of fun stuff. Long, long flight, but should be easier, easier access to get to Maryland, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, College Park is not far from Baltimore or D.C. That's the DMV area, obviously. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's going to be it's off the top of my head. I think it's 30 or 40 minutes at max away. And I don't think it's that far, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a two and a half hour drive for me up here so it's a day trip that's like that's one of the closest ones that and Rutgers are the two closest for me so I'm excited about both of those games um yeah. so that's a not having to travel for the entire weekend but just you know for a day or two so yeah and my it, sister's it, in it my sister's in Alexandria Virginia so I can go see her like you know it's not, not and that's too bad. what that's that's one of the things the Big Ten is going to open up a lot of new vi- new gateways, I guess, to these type of things. So it should be really fun in that regard. Um, the travel's not going to be that much fun for the teams, especially outside of football. But oh, yeah. the fans can be excited because they don't necessarily have to travel every week unless you're unless you're uh, my buddy Roy, USC psycho. He's going to have to definitely travel to all of these. So <laughs> he's going to be tired by the end of the season, and I'm sure some of the players will be a little bit worn down by the end of the season as well. For sure. Um, and then you got. Uh, Northwestern, which it's like Notre Dame, but a lot easier. You're in Chicago instead of like, so you just, you fly to Chicago. It's like a four hour flight. Like I would say the Northwestern game's easier than like Pullman, even though it's a little oh, further, right? It's like, easy. The, it's going to be the easiest one of the, the outside of UCLA, I think of the big 10, because you're all the USC fans are used to that trip. You go yeah. to Chicago and then what is an hour and a half or so to get to Notre Dame. It's going to be, you know, you just go to Chicago and then you go 20 minutes up uh, to Northwestern. Yeah. And then uh, Illinois is the other one. I'm sorry, not uh, uh, Purdue is the other one, 
which I think that's a little further away. Like that's that might be a little middle of nowhere. Middle, middle of nowhere. nowhere. I don't I don't know exactly where you fly into that one. I've driven to it on a road trip going through different areas. Um, that may be a Chicago flight as well. That'll be something we'll – I think for all these, we're going to try to give you, when we get to 2024, best way to get there. You know, try to give yeah. you the, the best flight options, the best – you know, your different options and stuff like that. But Purdue's one that I haven't, you know, thought about. I've driven to it. I've been there for baseball, but I haven't actually flown in and then driven to the campus. So, But it is literally like I was driving along. I think I was coming from Illinois, uh, from the University of Illinois before that. And you're just driving through cornfields. I like there's nothing around, and then suddenly it's like poof. There's a, there's a college campus. You're like, oh, where did this come from? Huh. And everything's got has the same very you know it's a very structured look. So it's all the same kind of uh, you know architecture and stuff like that. It's, it's a really nice campus and whatnot, but it just kind of pops up out of nowhere out of the middle of cornfields for you. Oh uh, yeah, and then uh, here I'll put up the graphic to show 2024. Um, yeah, and then so looking at the entirety of that, you also have. Notre Dame that will be at home. Uh, so that'll be no you know, road trip to Notre Dame there. And then this team called LSU and Brian Kelly, who was at Notre Dame, uh, in Las Vegas kicking off the season. So it's going to be a pretty – I mean, the 2024, you, I mean, if there's any reason for Caleb Williams to come back for a senior season, it would only be because, man, this schedule is pretty ridiculous. Like, that would be kind of fun to do that one. So I don't think he would, but, you know, if there's a reason, that that could be it. No, the answer is no. He's going to the NFL. He's going to be the number one pick. There's no reason. He's generational talent. Unless for some reason he gets hurt and then scouts are like doubting his ability because of the injury. But even then, you know, you saw two attack of Tonga Valoa uh, during, you know, had the hip injury, I think it was, at Alabama. And people were concerned and still went, you know, top, what, top five, I think it was, top six. So there's no reason for him to come back after if he produces anywhere close to what he did this year as a Heisman Trophy winner. No reason to come back and no reason, um, even with NIL and everything else. I know it was thrown out on our board today. And these are the type of things, if you remember, you get to discuss and debate and rant and rave. Um, but you know, the, the discussion was maybe Caleb will come back if they could get, oh, I don't know, 10 to 15 million in NIL, which, hey, maybe he's already getting that. I don't know. With the Beats contracts Who and different knows? things, he's probably getting a, a pretty good penny. But no. You go to the NFL, you get that guaranteed contract, rookie contract, so you can work your way towards that big, big contract, the second contract. So you want to go ahead and get that first year out of the way so you can start working towards that. So no reason for him to come back. Yeah, we had a question, SC Neal. Oh, he, not a question, a comment. He says, we drive by Purdue on the way to South Bend. So so it's easier So it's easier than a Notre Dame one. So that's good, at least. You know, you're, it's on the way. Uh, there, but my buddy from high school, went. he did his master's there. and he just I just remember him saying it's in the middle of nowhere, so. Um, but yeah, that's 2024. Uh, we had a, a comment. Je says, "I need to hire a graphics person." Like this is a one-man show, man. What are you going to do? He doesn't like this. <laughs> Here, watch. I'll let it move to 2025. Watch. Dun dun. Yes, 2025. <laughs> How was that for you, Je? Um, yeah. So looking at this part of the schedule for 2025, the home schedule is not as impressive. You got Penn State again. This time will be. In the Coliseum. You also got Nebraska. Uh, that was like 20, 2005, 2006, I think, the last time Nebraska came to the Coliseum. You also have Michigan State and Indiana. Uh, they're going to be at, at home. And then, of course, uh, UCLA. Um, they will be at home as well. So five home games for in the Big Ten when USC plays Notre Dame on the road. So very similar to what the Pac-12 does shotgun. 
Yeah, and it's planned out that way by USC because, you know, they'll play um, the year where they have less home games. They're playing UCLA on the road, so it makes more sense, and they're playing Notre Dame at home. You know, those things are, are built out so that USC still plays six games in Los Angeles and doesn't have that extra trip the same year that they're doing Notre Dame. So they'll play Ole Miss and Georgia Southern um, at home and go to Notre Dame in 2025. Uh, with UCLA at home as well. So, you know, it kind of balances itself out so that USC is not having any season where they're playing seven games on the road or anything and going to be one of them being going to Notre Dame. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to put that little fun graphic up again because that's kind of neat <laughs> while I look at this other one. Uh, is that okay. just for JE? No, no. Yeah. Hey, JE, what do you like? How do you like that? <laughs> um, yeah. Literally put the show together in like five minutes. Sorry, man. I was just, I am sick. We're doing what we can do. The fact that we're like on video right now, talking to you like real time about the schedule, you know, come on, give, give us a little credit here. Uh, okay. So the road games go into the horseshoe, Ohio state, uh, Columbus, you can fly to Columbus. That's an easy trip to get to. It's, you know, distances there, but that's not a bad one to get to. You can also fly into Cincinnati. It's only about an hour or so drive. I did that this year for the basketball tournament. So there's some options there as well. Yeah, for sure. Here, I'll clear this out because it looks kind of weird uh, in between us. <laughs> um, I know it doesn't like fit exactly in the middle. Uh, so Ohio State's a big one. Minnesota. Minnesota going in there. Um, I believe that's in Minneapolis, right? So yeah, that's, that's easy. easy to get that to. One of the easiest uh, of all of them. You just fly straight into Minneapolis. Yeah. Uh, Wisconsin. Uh, I'm not sure how far Madison, I need to look how far Madison is away from like Milwaukee or anything. Um, yeah, not sure on that one. I haven't been to Wisconsin, which is one of the ones I'm definitely excited to go to. Uh, you know, one of the schools, because they don't have a baseball team, has not been on the priority list to get out and see. So uh, looking forward to that one in 2025. But don't have any information. Is that Milwaukee? Do you fly in there? Do you fly into, is it way up in Wisconsin? Do you fly into uh, Minneapolis? Flying to Chicago. I mean, I think there's still some options there for you, but yeah, it'll definitely be a unique road trip for USC fans because it is, I think it's in the middle of kind of nowhere where Madison. So, you know, Madison's a bigger city than uh, West Lafayette, Indiana, as far as Purdue, but um, I think it is off in its own kind of area as well. Yeah, like West Lafayette, probably not worth going to. You know, if it's hard to get to, you're like, it's West Lafayette, it's Purdue, but like, Happy yeah, you Valley. Gotta hit all of them at least, you got to hit all of them at least once. Yeah. And the good thing, we'll we'll go over the overall thing, but the, the good thing about this, we'll talk about the schedule and everything, but the what the Flex Plus model, whatever, what is it? The, uh, what do they call it? It's the, um, crap, I forget what they named it. The, uh, there's a Flex. What, it, the, it's uh, called the, hold yeah, on, I got it. Check it out real quick. The debut, the Flex Protect Plus model. Yes, Flex <laughs> Protect Plus, uh, which is which means they they will protect the rivalry games basically. So USC will play UCLA every single year. Um, which is interesting is that not everyone has a certain rival or a cer- same amount of rivals. So yeah. Iowa has three games they're going to play every single year: Minnesota, Nebraska, Wisconsin. Right. Penn State, however, does not have a as Protected a true rival, rival set up. So, you know, it's it's interesting. And some people thought when looking at the schedule, there's been a little bit of confusion about, okay, does that mean UCLA, uh, USC plays UCLA every year? We understand that. Does that mean they're playing Penn State and Wisconsin every year too? No. And so, that is that is not the case. Right. Even though they will play them both in 24 and 25, that is not going to be something 26, 27, they won't be playing those two teams for sure. Yeah, I kind of like, you know, 
this Flex Protect Plus that because when you would go through and you're trying to shoehorn in creating rivals for people, like Iowa has three natural rivals, like Michigan has two, so they they have Ohio State and Michigan State. Ohio State only has one, Michigan. So they don't need to force Indiana or something like that. USC and UCLA have each other. You're not forcing some new Big Ten rival. And the fact that you have a range from three protected rivals to zero um, allows the Big Ten to say in a four-year stretch, all 16 teams will play each other, every other 15, you know, all the other 15 teams home and away at least once in, every, in a four-year period. The SEC just going with 16 teams in an eight-game schedule, you're not guaranteed to play a team you know, in eight years or something. Like, there's long stretches where you won't play anybody, which I don't think they're going to continue to do that. I think it's just going to be a one-year stopgap. But the Big Ten with this Flex Protect Plus, um, some kind of new streaming service or whatever, I feel like this is going to be it's, – it's a good thing because you're going to get to play everybody. And – if you forced USC and Ohio State to be like protected rivals, that's one thing. But I love that they're playing each other like out of the gate. Um, you know, in the first two years, you're going to, get to play Michigan. UCLA's playing both of them. You know, in year one, uh, so there's some some big games. But I, I like the fact that everyone's going to get to play everybody. Everyone gets to come to Los Angeles. We'll see when the trips are. You're hoping that the Minnesota and Wisconsin games are early, not you know they're in September and not November. Because um, you would rather – Minnesota would rather come to L.A. in November, you know, and USC and UCLA would rather go to Minnesota in September. It just kind of makes sense for everyone. So that's probably how it's going to come. We don't know the dates and times of all of them yet, um, but I like the way it's sort of structured. I don't know if you have any thoughts on it. No, I definitely like the fact that you're going to play everybody, especially for USC and UCLA fans, the fact that, all right, I can see every single team – in the first four years, if I if even if I don't leave and go on the road, if I go on the road, I can see every team in the first two years. I think it is. Um, so, and for if you're a player, I want to go check out all these different you know iconic stadiums and things like that. Well, you know, if you're in the SEC and you're like, okay, I want to play at Georgia and I want to play at Alabama and I want to play here and I want to play here, and you're like, well. You, want, you, you can trans you can transfer halfway through your career and then maybe you have a better option of playing in all the places you know if that's one of the things that you want to do uh, just because you're a college football fan you want to play where you know where Bo Jackson played and where Herschel Walker and where you know all these different people played that's not necessarily going to line up for you if you're in the SEC in the big Ten though it's going to they, they've made it so it does and I really like the fact that that's the case um, you know and I thought it was interesting that the way they've done the protect model of where, hey, you're going to play your true rivals, but they're not enforcing true rivals on people. I, right. I thought that was, I think that's cool. I mean, Rutgers and Maryland being true rivals, okay. Oh, I guess just because they came into the, the Big Ten at the same time um, or the late members, basically, so that they become rivals, whatever. But um, yeah, I, I think just the fact that they don't force it upon them and then it allows them to have that flexibility so that everyone does play home and away during your four-year career, if you're an athlete, I think is awesome. I, I think I really was in favor of this when, when I saw it come out. I was like, okay, this is interesting. I um, mean, for us covering it, you know, it's it's a great opportunity for us to go check out all these different stadiums that maybe we haven't been to in the past. And, you know, we'll be able to do it and not have to wait till 2028 to finally get to, you know, the Hawkeye Stadium or whatever it is. Right. So if you, like, say you're an incoming freshman, so we're, we're going to talk about the recruiting class 2024. You're a player that comes in. 
uh, in the 2024 season, if you stay for four years, you will have hosted every Big Ten team in the Coliseum and traveled to every Big Ten stadium in four years. Like, that's pretty impressive, like the way you can do that with a 16-team league. So I like, I like this a lot. The point of this, and I think Stuart Mandel was tweeting this later. Yeah, is there a lot of travel? Sure. And Shotgun mentioned the other sports. Like, it's going to be way worse for the other sports. Like, you get, you're talking four big trips a year. You know, it sucks. But you had some pretty long trips that take a long time in the big in the uh, Pac-12, too. But what you're looking at next year is like, okay, USC, how many, you know, you want these, the, the big television dollars you're getting. Why is this, you know, billion dollar a year contract happening? Because they need the big games. It's not about, hey, Rutgers, Maryland, like that, that's fine. That's going to go on streaming somewhere. That's fine. But you want like next year or 2024, USC, Michigan will have an enormous number, like 10 million plus viewers. Like those are the, those are the ones you star at the end of the year. Like, okay, that, this one matters. USC at Penn State. Ba-boom, you know, USC, LSU, ba-boom, USC, Notre Dame, ba-boom. You're going to have four, at least four games, and, you know, who knows how Iowa's going to be or Wisconsin, like, but at least four games that just are going to be in the, like, upper echelon of ratings games um, on a USC schedule. Like, that's, you know, that's the that's why you sign these huge TV deals. So, yes, you got to travel to, uh, you know, uh, West Lafayette or whatever. Like, yeah, you got to do that. But you're also going to get these massive TV ratings games because there's going to be all these amazing matchups, and that that's the point of doing. It. It's like the like you had to you. There's this great fishing spot. But you had to kind of like go, you know, take a while to get there and stuff. But once you get there, man, the fishing's amazing. So yes, the journey might be a little more difficult, but holy crap, it's a honey hole as far as like you know amazing games go. Yeah, there's going to be at least six of those. Uh, probably per year, at least five per year, because you mentioned there's four of them right there. Okay, Iowa or Wisconsin, one of those teams is going to be a top 25 team at the time, so everyone's going to tune in. Um, and you're going to have somebody else to be a pop-up if it's not the other, you know, if it's not the other of Iowa, Wisconsin. Then, hey, maybe Maryland's having a good year when you're facing them. And, hey, maybe they're 23rd at the time or 17th at the time and USC's in the top 10, and that's an eyeball game. Now you beat them, and suddenly they lose two or three in a row, and they fall out. That doesn't matter when you're looking at the ratings at the time. That's going to be a huge game. So I think there's going to be six games at least a year. There are going to be huge ratings games. And then that's not even including the fact that USC-UCLA is always going to draw eyeballs, even if they're not good, even if one of the teams is not good. It's going to draw draw eyeballs because it's a rivalry game, because it's beautiful to watch as far as the colors and whatnot, and because it's at the Rose Bowl and it's at the Coliseum. Those things draw in eyeballs from outside of Los Angeles as well, even if those two teams aren't great at the time. And I don't think that UCLA is going to be great when they get to facing USC after a, a, their 2024 schedule. They got a rough one. Um, so I, I think that that one they might, might not be a top 25 matchup necessarily, but uh, we'll see uh, how things come out for for the Bruins and the Trojans uh, in next season. Next season, that's crazy. Next year, not next season, next year. Right, um, next year. I pointed that out to my roommate. I was like, USC's playing at Maryland and at Penn State next year. Was like, what, what, what? I thought, <laughs> what? No, next year, next year. Not next season, next year. Yeah. Um, there'll be, it's just, uh, yeah, it's amazing. I think Chris, I don't know if Chris could have been happier that USC's <laughs> playing at Maryland in year one, you know, like, I feel like they consulted him on this one. He was just like, yeah, USC Maryland year one has to, that's like the marquee still, one. 
still looking for that Chris Trevino statue or at least a plaque. Like I, I'm starting to check underneath benches and stuff. Every time I stop by the Maryland campus, still haven't found it. I don't know what's going on. I haven't been to Maryland campus. I'm excited because I've, I've been to every Pac-12 stadium. You have now too, right? You've No, I have not been. Well, I've been to every city, whether for baseball or football, but I have not been to Autzen. So I'm looking forward to that. This oh, season. so you get to do that. Okay. So you can, you can uh, finish your bucket list of Pac-12. So I, I do all those. And then, uh, now I can start working on the Big Ten because I've been, well, I guess, I've been to the Big House. So I've, I mean, not the Big House. I've been to the Horseshoe. I want to go to the Big House, but that's not scheduled the next couple of years. Um, but yeah, well, I guess, yeah, no, it's not. Uh, no, Michigan's coming to the Coliseum, so they're not going to play in the Big House yet. But I've been to Columbus. So that'll be, that'll yeah. probably be twenty twenty six, to be honest. I think yeah. they'll. Play, I think they they'll try to have USC play Michigan or Ohio State every single year. Yeah, I think that makes sense. So. Um, okay. Oh, so we also, there was also some sort of, uh, I guess we didn't do the, where's my thing here? So that, that was like the real breaking news, but we had some other breaking news when, when I got sick and Chris was like, you picked a da- bad day to get sick because, and I'll put up HR Puffin Stuff's, uh, comment about this. Clay Helton and Lane Kiffin are coming to the Coliseum in 2024. Uh, not Lane. That'd be 2025, I think, right? For Ole Miss. Um, no, they're both coming to the Coliseum in 2025. In 2025, yeah. Oh, yeah, he said 2025. Um, oh, yes, because uh, Georgia Southern is scheduled to come to the Coliseum in 2025, and Ole Miss is scheduled to come to the Coliseum in 2025. The Ole Miss game, I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know, maybe something, whatever, if Lane Kiffin will still be there with the Big Ten schedule and all that. I don't know. But I would think the Georgia Southern game that was just announced, that was sort of like a big deal this week, Shoddy, that if Clay Helton's still a head coach there – Jaws will be set, and there will be <laughs> there there will be so much going on in the Coliseum. I don't know. I mean, it just it would be absolutely bizarre. All I know is there's going to be some players that are fighting like warriors out there. Um, yeah. You know, win, lose, draw, they fought like warriors. That's for sure. Uh, the, it's it's crazy. I mean, you look at the <laughs> schedule, and partially because of the newness. Like when you get ten years into this, like playing Illinois. You know, that's not going to be something. Now, right now, if USC had Illinois on the schedule, like that'd be one of the games like, all right, I got to figure out a way to get to L.A. to watch that one. But in 2024, I'm looking at it. I'm like, all right, that's probably one of the ones I got to skip because I can't cover every single one of them. So, you know, if I'm hitting up six to eight, you know, it's kind of been the the trajectory now that I'm on the East Coast. Illinois is probably one I'm missing. And in 10 years, like USC fans are probably like, "Eh, they're playing Illinois. That'll be in. Oregon State game. That'll be a Washington State game. Like, they'll show out if the team's good. They're not going to show out if they're not type of thing. But the newness of this combined to the non-conference schedule, I mean, it is crazy. And it's going to be – we haven't even got to the part of talking about, like, this is – we're we're in fan mode right now <laughs> because we're talking about how exciting this is to see all these new teams and go to these new places. We haven't got to the actual reporter level of, like, this is going to be a gauntlet of a schedule for USC. Oh, yeah. Because 2024, you've got one bye game. One bye game. San Jose State. That's it. You're playing LSU in Vegas. You're playing Notre Dame at home. Maybe you could consider like a Purdue or an Illinois or somebody, Northwestern, as a gimme game. But I mean, all the new conference teams. Yeah, you can't. It's not like you've beat Washington State like 10 years in a row. This is like, it's brand new. It's like, we got to go play Illinois. Like, I don't know. You know, like, like. 
and that's that's uh, Brett Bilima, and you know that's twelve yeah. tight ends on a field at a time. Like, how does USC <laughs> deal with that? Like, Purdue is okay now. You got the travel issue of how do you get here in the middle of nowhere? You're playing in a you know outside of a cornfield type of thing. Like, all these things are going to add up um, as you're going through it. And like, hey, is Maryland suddenly good this year, or do they have a quarterback or not? Like, so this schedule could end up being ridiculous. It could also end up being a couple of those teams could not be great. You know, is Penn State going to be up or down? That's kind of been how they are. They're either a top 10 team or they're 20 to 30. Um, you know, how do you get them? So, but 2024, you look at it and like, okay, this could be a murderer's road type of schedule. 2025, though, you look at it and you're like, you're salivating as a fan. Like, which game do I want to go to most? Yeah. Like if you, Ryan, if you had to put, if you had to get tickets to one game, I'll give you one home game and one road game, and you can't say Ohio State. What are you going to? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to the big house for sure. Like, that's the one I want to go to. The horseshoe. No, I think USC's playing at Michigan, right? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, crap. You're right. They're playing at the horseshoe. Son of a, I'm getting confused in my head of where all this stuff is going on. <laughs> if I can't say Ohio State, um, I mean, the, the 2024, it's the Penn State one. What are the other? What are my choices here now? I got the. Uh, but I mean, just look at 2025. Like, which home game would you want to go to? You got Indiana, Michigan State. Okay, we'll count the probably skipping those. Nebraska, Penn State, UCLA, Ole Miss, and Georgia Southern. Yeah. Like, no, which one of those games would you be like, all right, that's the game I got to go to? Now, maybe if you went to Penn State the year four, maybe you count them off. You know, Nebraska, there's all that tradition. But then you got Ole Miss and Georgia Southern. Like the the storylines are just incredible in this 2025 season. Plus, you go on to Ohio State. Plus, you go to Notre Dame. I, I mean, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun, but it's also gonna be really challenging for for USC uh, 2024 first year without Caleb Williams. 2025 maybe you know first year past Caleb Williams and uh, Miller Moss. So it could be a very difficult, uh, you know, transition each year. Could be a new quarterback each time. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it's 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 pretty epic. I think if you're a USC fan, you have to be excited. Uh, the, don't forget this is college football playoff expansion is going on. Um, you know, there's you can lose games, and at, you look at USC's schedule, and they were like, all right, like that's ten and two. You be, you would probably be in the playoffs. You would think, right? Like it's something like that. Uh, because yeah. it's an expanded playoff. So I think it's much better to just play these awesome games. Uh, the way the SEC is doing it right now is they're trying to make sure that everybody makes a bowl game. So it's, it's the, you know, you're if you're Arkansas and you're having a bad year, or not even like an Arkansas, I don't know, someone, even like a Vanderbilt, you know, Vanderbilt, if they go 4-0 and in conference, I mean, out of conference, and they go 2-6 and in conference, they're 6-6 six and six and make a bowl game. Like, you're sort of like trying to make everybody okay, but could, they can do that because they're already amazing at the top. This is more about like marquee matchups all over the place, and you're going to get some teams in the playoff. There's a lot of great games here. Now, yes, could you? Uh, could everyone just eat each other alive? I think you're going to see some cream rise to the top. But if there's you know the three best teams coming out of this Big Ten kind of schedule are probably going to be in the playoffs, you know? And so you can lose some of these games. Um, but the good thing for USC is they've got some really good ones at home. So at least you have them at home. Um, you know, if you can get out, you know, you beat LSU to start the season, like that's, that sets up, that's huge for the big 10. If USC beats LSU to start the season, because then every time USC plays 
uh, a Big Ten team, well, that's a team that already beat LSU, you know? So all that stuff is still going to matter. But, man, there's so many good marquee games here. And you just get through it and you survive. You don't have to win them all, but you survive. You're probably going to be a playoff team. So not only do you get these great matchups, but you're the, the strength of schedule is just going to be through the roof. And USC's never had an issue with that, but this is taking it to another level. Uh, USC has had an issue with it. I mean, you, you look at the Pac-12 not getting teams in the playoff. I think that part of that has been, you know, they don't trust a two-team, two-loss team in the, the Pac-12 as being upper echelon because they say, ah, the Pac-12 is not that great, strength of schedule. Um, you know, USC hasn't had a problem with it as far as non-conference scheduling because they always play Notre Dame and they're not afraid to play an LSU or an Ole Miss. But you got to start going to, you know, the new athletic director, when they come in and they're like, sit down with Lincoln, do you really want to play another marquee game? Or is nine plus one going to be enough and we'll play two, you know, two mid-majors if we can find them type of thing? So I think that ends up being the, the question for him going forward. Yeah. SC Dad, there's some people like kind of trashing LSU a little bit. Playing LSU is just like playing ASU because of Jaden Daniels. Like people are picking LSU to like beat Alabama this year. Like they – they they, they did it last year. Yeah, I mean, they were in the SEC championship. Like, this is not in, in Brian Kelly's first year. So yeah. he did. He yeah. He uh, he's turned that team around, and I don't. I think they're going to be a powerhouse by the time when they come out here. That's going to be a huge game to me. I don't. I'm not. You know, maybe things fall apart or whatever. I don't know. But like to me, a lot of people are expecting Brian Kelly to. You know, he already turned them around fast, and some people think he could eclipse. Alabama and you know Georgia's going to be tough to unseed, but LSU could be that team right under Georgia is what a lot of people are saying. I uh, mean, he's a he's a really good coach. I don't really like him as a person from all the interviews and his weird dances and things yeah. like that. But he is a really good coach. Um, and if he can get away with standing halfway out on the field in the middle of an onside kick, then you know things go his way a lot of times. You know, and he makes a lot of the breaks himself, and including not getting called for a penalty in that USC game. Yeah. Um, hold on. We got a comment from, let's see, Evan, diehard Wisconsin Badger fan here in Madison resident resident. I hope you guys enjoy the great city of Madison and all the great stuff we offer. Yes. Thanks, Evan. We appreciate that. Um, and then Tyler says with Ryan being sick, you shouldn't have had GM Gmart on so you can rest your voice. I should have had. Yeah. So, so podcast wise, we were trying to do a podcast to sort of Chris and I Tuesday, and then they did their massive, they were going to do their massive um, two-star, you know, composite recruits or composite two-star recruits podcast on Wednesday, which is is up already. Apparently, there's a record. I haven't, I haven't checked it out yet. Is it over four hours? Chris, is it? Chris is upset because I don't know what it is with the ads, but the original uh, length is three hours and 58 minutes. So he's upset that they didn't get those two extra minutes. Oh. I told him to throw some extra ads in and maybe we'll push it over. <laughs> but he was like, it's already up. I'm not doing that. Um, but yeah, it's it's super long, and I've got a four and a half hour drive tonight, so I'll be listening to, part, to that for part of the way. Yeah. Um, but we haven't even mentioned Ryan. We've talked about schedule. We've talked mm-hmm. about USC adding Georgia Southern to the schedule. We even talked about how ridiculous la- the Saturday and was it Sunday and Monday? I think it was. Um, they kind of blend together this time of year with regionals for baseball. But I actually said, like after the first guy committed, I was like. There should be a dead period for commitments during baseball regional play. Like it just shouldn't be allowed. Regional, super regional, like a ten day window. Um, and then, of course, I kind of cursed myself. I think because it was like, oh, there's another one. 
and there's another one, yeah. and there's another one, and there's another one. I think it was in total, I think it was six total commits for USC, basketball getting one on Friday, I think it was, and then uh, football getting five on uh, Sunday and Monday. Sunday so Monday, yeah. uh, what a, uh, an incredible weekend for USC sports. We've had a couple of those recently. There's been some bad weekends in there with uh, yeah. all the news about Mike Bone coming out and like kind of booking it by these ridiculously good weekends as far as recruiting and some championships and different things like that. So as we try to tell everyone new that comes to the beat and it appears we'll get someone new because uh, Adam Grossbart is leaving the OC register. Yeah. Um, but, there's always something happening at USC. I try, I try to tell you know new coaches when they come in, when I talk to them, it's like the first thing that kind of pops up is like, wow, what's this? I'm like, welcome to USC. There's always something going on. Yeah. Uh, well, there the weekend was incredible. So it wasn't supposed to be the big recruiting weekend for USC, but it might be hard to top. Uh, 13 uh, official visitors, I believe, were hosted. They also held their elite camp. Uh, Gerard and Chris talk about this a lot, so make sure you go check out the composite two-star recruits for more of the details on everything that happened there. They were both down there uh, for that, um, but they pick up uh, four-star offensive lineman. Um, was it Manasseh uh, Atite um, from Central Catholic in Modesto, California? Uh, they got Jarvis Boatwright, who's a uh, 24/7 Sports composite four-star safety from Clearwater, Florida. Um, Hayden Treader, the uh, uh, offensive tackle from Cherry Creek uh, High School in uh, Inglewood, Colorado. Uh, local kid, Sarah High School, four-star defensive back, Dakota Fields. That was a big one that a lot of USC fans were hoping for. And then uh, Cameron Fountain uh, out of Booker T. Washington in Atlanta. He's an edge rusher and a top uh, 247 player. So all those guys, we saw a whole bunch of emojis just like, like you were saying, like, fight on, fight on, fight on. And, and all the staff does it, too. So it was just, you know, it was like crazy. But every you see Lincoln Riley do that, you're like, uh-oh, here comes another one. And, uh, yeah, so that was uh, that was kind of kind of crazy. And then for uh, Jarvis Boatwright, uh, Gerard caught up with him, and uh, I put up a story on that. And he talked about there's a bunch of silence out there that you haven't even talked about yet. So the USC fans were pretty excited, Sean, from all those players coming through, you know, those commitments. USC was number 57 in the country as far as um, class of 2024 rankings go. Moved up to 20, I think it's 21 now, and now number two in the Pac-12. But Gerard said they can get up to, you know, top 10 with another weekend or so like this. So that's all, you know, only eight commitments, I believe, total. So to be number 21 with only eight, that's pretty good. Yeah, the, the crazy thing was, uh, you know, coming into this weekend, USC had commitments from wide receiver Xavier Jordan from Sierra Canyon, from tight end Joey Olsen from Oregon, and from running back Brian Jackson from Texas. Okay, three skill positions. Okay, that's usually what you expect USC to really do well. All of the commitments they got over this weekend are position of need or just those important, most important positions for USC right now. Offensive tackle, two offensive tackles, 6'6", 300 for Hayden Treader, 6'5", 290 for, for Etete, um, uh, who I think is the first name. I'm not sure how exactly you pronounce it, but I think it's Manasseh. He's bringing the mass, that's for sure. Manasseh, Manasseh is bringing the mass like at 6'5", 290. Um, you know, he's a four-star guy. Treader's only a three-star guy, but obviously 6'6", 300, looks the part for sure. Jarvis Boatwright, four-star safety out of Florida. USC's had some success with safeties out of Florida in the past. Uh, and you have Cameron Fountain, six-five and a half edge, 
I mean, the kid's built like a you know brick house and coming off the edge. Uh, he's got some great film out there. And Dakota Fields, you don't you don't you can't build six two cornerbacks very often. He's a guy that can flip his hits and run. That's why he's a top one hundred guy. Him and Fountain both top one hundred guys. So definitely positions of need and positions that will really strengthen this ball club going forward, rather than saying. Oh, USC got a four-star receiver, and USC got a four-star uh, quarterback, or whatever it may be. Uh, the positions where they've had they have strength right now. These are positions that are going to continue that they're going to continue to build. So I think that was the thing that stood out most to me, besides just the sheer volume of all these guys committing at once. Yeah, I think there's a balance in the class, or they're building a balance in the class, which maybe you haven't seen before. And it's not just positionally. I think it's you know, geographically too. So you're talking about adding guys from, you get the local kid, you get, um, you know, out of state kids, maybe more regional. And then, you know, in the PAC 12 footprint and then, you know, SEC country guys like that. I feel like that's important too. And, you know, there was a lot of focus on Texas and I'm sure USC is still going to recruit Texas hard, but trying to get some of those big time local kids to stay home. And honestly, Everything we talked about for the first like 45 minutes of this show, all that stuff is exciting. All that stuff is stuff that coaches can sell. You're like, oh, and by the way, in 2024, when you sign here, you're going to play LSU and Michigan and Penn State and Iowa and Wisconsin. Oh, and UCLA. And, you know, like that stuff that the coaches can sell. Like if fans are excited about it, like a lot of times recruits don't get excited about the same things. But you're going to show them that graphic with all the helmets on it and like, oh, yeah, here, you sign with USC and uh, boom, you're going to, all those helmets, you'll play them. It's like, OK, uh, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. And, and another thing is you know, the recruits that USC has brought in are not necessarily Big Ten country uh, recruits, but. The scheduling and the way that it is, is mapped out where you will play home and away every four years Okay, if you're a kid from, you know, from Indiana or from Illinois and, you know, you start watching and you really like USC, now you feel comfortable going away to USC because you're at least going to get to play at home, you know, once in your career. You know, if if you grew up right down the street from Indiana in Bloomington, you're still going to get to play at Bloomington at some point in your career. And you're going to get to your family's going to get to see you play against Indiana and the Coliseum at least once in your career. So I, I think those things are, are really important to note going forward. And I think that's the same thing for – that's going to be the same thing that USC is going to have to deal with as far as the Big Ten teams coming into the Southern California area is that now you can recruit that area a little bit better, saying, hey, we're going to you're going to be able to come home and play at the Coliseum. You don't have to go there now. You don't have to be, you know, a, a USC kid. You can come to you can come to Penn State, and then you'll still get to play in the Coliseum. You'll still get to play in the Rose Bowl. It'll be once or twice in your career, but you'll still get to do it. And you'll get to when you do. Think all the fa- all your family and friends are going to want to come out for that one particular game. You're going to have a huge uh, cheering section and whatnot. So you know those Big Ten schools are going to be able to get into the Southern California recruiting base as well. So that's going to be a unique challenge for USC going forward. Um, with the scheduling and how it is, it was similar to why when the Pac-12 split up north and south, everyone still wanted to be able to play a game in Los Angeles every year. Whether it be USC or UCLA, they wanted to play in Los Angeles if you're a northern team because if you're Oregon State, you got a bunch of kids that are from Southern California and you want to be able to sell that to them, hey, you'll still get to play at home. 
You still get to do that every single year. So those type things are going to start happening with Big Ten schools as well. So you'll see, you know, Penn State, Ohio State. Ohio State's already recruited California pretty well, Bosco in particular. But those schools will start trying to fish in Southern California a little bit more. One, because they'll be traveling out here already, so it's less in the recruiting budget. They can just travel. They'll send coaches out here a little bit earlier so they can go recruit that week. Um, but, you know, those things are going to happen a little bit more. So that'll be a consequence that, that USC will have to deal with as well. And that was one of the issues and part of the reason probably that USC has left the Pac-12 is that there were all these, you know, they, they, they were such a reliant on Los Angeles USC and UCLA bringing in, you know, the bigger market share and more of the revenue, sharing the revenue equally, but then not really being accommodating as far as schedules go. So why was USC and Stanford playing game two every year? Well, they play Notre Dame and well, they got, it can't be in the same division because all the schools want to come to Los Angeles. So there was concessions made for like Pacific Northwest schools to make sure they would have a LA trips and would hurt USC as far as having to play Stanford, especially when Stanford was good game two uh, early in the season. So all that kind of stuff, you don't have to worry about that now. It is set up well for Big Ten schools to come to L.A. Obviously, it's a fertile recruiting ground. It's going to open things up. Might make things harder for the Pac-12 because, you know, USC and UCLA recruit locally. But, you know, Oregon, all these other schools come down. Well, now there's going to be more schools coming in and potentially tapping into uh, the Southern California market. So I, I think it, op- it helps USC recruiting more than it hurts. Um, open things up, but just that schedule alone is sort of like, hey, look, you're you're not selling going to Pullman or Corvallis, you're selling going to Madison, Wisconsin. Like, you you know that jump around thing you see on Sports Center? Like, yeah, we're gonna go play there. Um, so that kind of stuff or whiteouts at Penn State. Yep, that's gonna happen. Um, things that are you know cool for a, for a 19 year old kid. You're like, yeah, that sounds pretty awesome. And well, Austin Stadium is one of those as well, so sure. you know, that'll hurt a little bit. So it's there's give and take, you know. Yeah. The seeing what has happened uh, in Salt Lake City, you know, their moment of loudness. I think that's a really special moment. Um, so that's really fun to be a part of. I don't know how many 18 year olds are really excited about that, but I thought it was really awesome uh, for them to do that. So uh, we'll see the give and take there. One of the interesting things is we've had a uh, someone ask earlier, does this mean that USC, you know, should they schedule instead of instead of playing Ole Miss and LSU in the future for their 26 or 28 or whatever schedule? Should they be adding Cal or Stanford or Utah? Like you start adding some of the Pac-12 teams in as your, you know, your power five team that you're playing every year along with Notre Dame and then playing a, a mid-major in the third game. I don't, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. That's true. You're jumping ahead to question, Shaka, and I put that up there. That was from Coach Boyle, but um, yeah. Oh wait, I think I put the wrong one up. Crap. Uh, did the USC? Yeah, that's right. Crap, I put the wrong one up there. Sorry. Uh, I'm a well little... to answer that question. Yeah. No, they didn't necessarily get the short stick because if you look at the full entirety of the schedule, that's just who you're going to get those two years. You know, UCLA in 24 gets Michigan and Ohio State. Yeah. USC doesn't get Michigan and Ohio State, so can you really say one is the short end of the stick versus the other just because they're playing those both of those years? I don't necessarily think so. So I think it's a, there's a little bit of give and take on both of them. It's not like um, – and, and maybe Coach Boyle was looking at this and saying, okay, that's the teams you're going to play every single year, and that's not the case. USC and UCLA play each other every year, and then those two are what they called um, – two play opponents, which just means that they'll play in 24 and 25, but then 26, 27, they probably will not play them or whatever. Yeah. 
Uh, the, and for the for the podcast listeners, sorry, the question was: Did USC get the short stick with Penn State Wisconsin draw versus UCLA with Nebraska Rutgers? And uh, yeah, I think it it kind of evens out there. So USC doesn't. I mean, UCLA does have to play Ohio State and Michigan in the same season. Now USC gets you know uh, uh, you get Michigan and Penn State in the same season, but not the two big ones from that. So it, it's it's a mix and match. You're going to play a tough schedule. Um, it's just kind of the way it goes, you know, of anyone, I, I think, uh, if you look at like who wins, like, I think Iowa is a winner in this cause they get to keep all their rivals. You know, that's, that's good for, for Iowa. I don't know if Penn state's a loser, but they don't get any kind of rivals, but you know, it gives you some flexibility. And if, the, if there's not one you need to play every year, then you don't have to play every year. Uh, but I think for Rutgers and Maryland, they're not stuck playing, you know, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State every year. Right now they can spread it out a little bit. Um, the one side, you know, if you were Iowa and Wisconsin and Minnesota, like you had sort of an easier road, right, every year. So that gets a little tougher for the, the Rutgers and the, and the Maryland's of the world. It gets a little easier at least. So, at least, you know, that's kind of nice for them. Yeah, it, it kind of evens out a little bit when you don't have divisions because you're not playing the same teams every year and now you're going to spread it out a little bit. Uh, that's that's what's going to happen with these monster conferences. You're going to see it more and more. I really like the fact that the Big Ten has made it so that everyone will play each other home and away every four years. I think that's great. Now, when the Big Ten expands to 20 teams or 24 teams, I think we'll see more changes then, and we'll see how the schedule plays out then when it comes to – this is the 24 and 25 schedules. We haven't seen 26, 27, 28. I think by 28, I think you'll see more. There will be a West Coast pod to uh, alleviate some of the travel issues. So how many teams that adds, I couldn't tell you. Is that which schools that is? I'm not going to be the one to jump into all the conference realignment stuff. But, you know, maybe it's Oregon, maybe it's Washington, maybe it's Stanford, maybe it's Cal. I don't know. But I think there will be some West Coast teams added to the Big Ten eventually to help alleviate some of the travel. And I think there's also going to be some unique travel solutions that are presented. I've I've heard uh, talk of multi-team events. Now, not necessarily football, but, hey, basketball Instead of USC playing Nebraska and then supposed to be traveling to play Maryland, Maryland's going to come to Nebraska. USC is going to play Maryland at Nebraska. Oh, okay. So, you know, type of thing like that where you're going to have three opponents in a, you know, multi teams in one area and you'll have multiple games in a weekend or whatever it may be to alleviate some of the travel so that you're not flying all over the place all the time because that's the difficulty. The Pac 12 is actually set up really nicely when it comes to college basketball just because you have the partners, basically, yeah. your travel partners. So you know where you're going, and you know you're going to go to the other place. And of all those, only the Colorado to Utah trip is really like, hey, you got to get on a plane and fly there. Washington, Washington State a little bit, but you can drive that if necessary, whereas Colorado to, to Boulder to Salt Lake City is one that all the teams fly. So, um, you know, it's set up really nicely in that regard because that's every weekend. It's Thursday and it's, it's Saturday or Sunday. Um, the Big Ten schedule is kind of all over the place. So we'll see how basketball, we'll see how baseball, we'll see how volleyball. I still say UCLA softball has got the toughest right now because every conference series they play, away series, is going to be at least 1,500 miles away since USC doesn't have a softball team. Oh, wow, yeah, so, that's true. You know, they're going to go to Nebraska, and that's the closest one at 1,500. But they could be going to Rutgers. They could be going to Maryland or, you know, whatever other school uh, that's 2,500 miles away. And that could be, you know, every conference road series they play. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's take a quick break if you're listening on the podcast uh, feed. If you're on YouTube, uh, you probably won't 
get much of a break. But you know what you can do? You can take a minute to smash that like button and subscribe to our YouTube channel because we love that. But we'll be back in a minute. All right, we're back here on the Peristyle Podcast. I'm Ryan Abraham alongside of Shotgun Spratling. Let's do some questions. I think we have a voicemail. Uh, this was for, I think they've sent it to me and Chris in, but since it's me and Shotgun, we'll just uh, replace Shotgun with Chris. But let me play it for you, and here we go. Hey, this question is for uh, the mothership, um, for uh, the Ryan and Chris podcast. Question for you, um, you two. Do you see USC running more of a big front, you know, throwing Anthony Lucas at the edge, having Sully play, and and then, you know, having some sort of combination of the Bear and Barnes um, on the inside, or more of, or maybe even more of a speed formation, um, you know, with Mohammed and maybe um, Height both playing edges, and knocking in Sullivan and Lucas on the inside with third down. Is that what you're saying? You're looking to see in the future? I know there's been some rumblings about some slight changes with formations on the defense. Just thoughts about how you would um, use the front and how that there's so much depth in there. Um, you know, how you would play with it, what you would you use on, on uh, running downs, what would you use on passing downs. Also, um, Solo's man, Eddie Forge. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. What do you think, Shadi? I think you're going to have options. And I think that's the best thing you can have so that when you play a team that is very physical, then you know maybe the speed rush is not the, the ideal way to do it. Or maybe it really is because you can get wide and you can get around you know slow-footed tackles. So I think it's going to give you the options to be able to do different things, and that just opens up the, the playbook a lot for you. Um, whereas you know maybe one game you're using a certain personnel or way, maybe just you're using your personnel in a different way uh, there's two different ways you can kind of go about it. But, hey, maybe this guy doesn't really – that's not his strength is to do this particular thing here um, or that particular thing there. So that's when you decide to, all right, that's when we got to get somebody else in. Well, now we have the depth to where we can rotate in more and do different things with different guys in the game. So I think that is a huge advantage um, so that your coaching staff doesn't feel like, all right, we have to do it this way. We have to make sure that we do this. Um, just because that's the only that's the only talent we have right now, instead of being kind of hamstrung into a certain uh, canal, 
you can, you know, bounce around into different things and do different things and, and have different options available, which opens up the creativity of a play caller as well. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that question. Eddie in Orange loves to uh, call in and we love to uh, take his voicemails. Let me put up a YouTube question. Is it possible to drop LSU and Ole Miss from the schedule? Uh, it could, but why, what fun would that be? Yeah, that's no fun. <laughs> uh, I don't. Th I think LSU is, though, you know, that's probably too late. Um, I mean, it's, it's usually too late to do these things. We saw, I guess, during the COVID year that you could do schedules at the last minute. And But, yeah, yeah I, I, mean, I don't think there's plans to do that. I mean, Michigan dropped UCLA. Remember that that has yeah. happened what, two years ago. Now, how much is that COVID related or not COVID related? How much did that add leniency to it because of COVID coming off of COVID? Because I think that was the 21 season, if I remember correctly. Um, so, you know, that you can get out of these things. Now, it's going to cost a hefty penny to do that. We don't want to see it because we want to see these big matchups. But if you're looking at the schedule as a coach, you start going, Ooh, I don't know if this is what, it, what we want. In baseball, we've actually seen the opposite. We've seen coaches canceling games that are against bad teams because it hurts their RPI, and the RPI has been such a critical component for the selection committee. So a lot of games got canceled as the season would progress. Uh, we've seen that last couple of years, so that's one of the things they're trying to address with baseball. So it's not something that's out of the realm of coaches saying, how can I manipulate my schedule to better suit my team, to better – position myself to be in a postseason team it, there's there's you know there's a little bit of uh track record there with coaches so it's not something i would put past anyone but we're hoping that doesn't happen just because yeah. we want to see those fun matchups plus it's going to be usc lsu in vegas at the at the Allegiant stadium so great stadium got to see it uh, last year for the the pac-12 championship we'll get to see it again this year in the pac-12 championship and then we'll see it in 2024 when usc is no longer in the pac-12 yeah I want to. I still haven't been to SoFi. I need to do that. Uh, I haven't been there either. Yeah, I want to maybe cover LA Bowl or something. Um, not USC. Just go there just to cover whoever's going to be there. I'm sure uh, the championship will be back in a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, Aiden Johnson on YouTube says, "Are the remaining freshmen and transfers officially enrolled now?" Uh, yeah. I mean, all the guys, all these the freshmen have moved in and stuff. I, I haven't done the checklist to saying, okay, this guy's here, this guy's here. But the the group has moved in. I will say that. Um, I know there's a lot of questions about Emmanuel Pregnon, the offensive lineman transfer from Wyoming. He is a very large man. And I can tell you this because I have seen pictures of him with some of the other players and stuff. So, yes, he is on campus as well. I know that was one that people were really concerned about um, just with the rumors flying around that LSU was going to try to get in for a visit and this and that and that whatnot. But he is on campus with USC. Um, again, I haven't done the checklist to see if every single person is there, but I have not heard any rumors either. And I feel like we would have heard them by now at this point with everyone having moved in this past week. Yeah, I think last year it looked like everyone was there, except it was that the uh, the one punter didn't show up, right? And then he never ended up coming. And, and interestingly enough, he is actually going to be going to, I believe it is Wisconsin uh, oh. next year. Uh, yeah, Wisconsin so with Luke Fickle. He does exist, and there was a story on it. He actually apparently suffered a back injury of some sort. Oh, and so he was a pro kick guy, which again? is where why am I blanking on it? Uh, Atticus Bertram. Yes. Okay. Um, because everyone thought that was a made up name, so it had to be a made up person. But he's a pro <laughs> kick Australia guy. You know, all these rugby players and whatnot. Ben Griffiths came from there. USC, you know, has had uh, some other guys come from there. Chris Tilby, if you remember him, uh, was a former pro kick guy. And according to this story uh, that I read the other day, 
basically they were like, you know, Atticus basically said, yeah, I didn't get the opportunity because I got injured. And so pro kick just basically put somebody else in my place. And that's how USC ended up with Aiden sleep Dalton. It wow. was like, Hey, we know you need somebody. This is the next best guy for you. So we're going to send this guy over for you. And it's like a factory. Yeah, kind of. And I mean, they, they've done so much work creating punters throughout the years from the Wisnowskis and different uh, guys. Uh, Utah has done a tremendous job with their punters and whatnot. Um, there's a number of them in the NFL now. But yeah. it's, I thought it was really interesting. It was like, oh, we'll just sub this out with another guy. And Aiden Sleep Dalton was not the, the best punter for USC, and that's why they went out and got, uh, you know, Eddie Chaplinski or whatever, yeah. Chaplinski, yeah, yeah. Uh, from Arizona State. So they replaced him with someone else, uh, bringing in a transfer. All-Pac-12 so, punter, yeah. But just I was, a, I was like, whoa, what? That, that's what, kind of how it played out. And, again, this is Atticus Bertram telling the story, so who knows the complete validity of that. We'd have to talk to a couple other people to, to find out. But – that one definitely stood out to me. And the fact that he is uh, going to be punting at uh, at Wisconsin. I don't know if he was going to be – if he's on campus now or if he was going to be coming in next year. You know, a lot of those Australian kickers uh, and punters are older. So, you know, he may just be waiting until next year. Yeah. All right. Uh, next one, we've got uh, Coach Boyle. How often will we see USC playing Pac-10-12 teams, not including the postseason? Yeah, this is what I was referring to, and you know that becomes the question: Do you want to instead of LSU or Ole Miss, do you want to play a Stanford? Do you want to play a Washington or Oregon? And maybe those get mixed in. Um, I, you know, you guys, I think you start looking at like Arkansas schedule. Okay, when does Arkansas still play teams from the what conference was it? The uh, the Southwest Conference. I'm forgetting the name of the conference they were in that just that became the Big Twelve. The Big Eight, um, not the Big Eight. I'm not. Whatever it was, you yeah. know what I'm talking about. But yeah. uh, the the conference that with the Texas schools and whatnot, when they went to the SEC, you know how often do they still play? You know uh, Texas. How often do they still play Oklahoma? Every once in a while, every decade or something, you might see one of those type of matchups. But it's not going to be something that's prevalent just because you're playing 12 games in a season, and nine of them are already going to be Power Five schools in the Big Ten, plus Notre Dame being the tenth, and then you're going to play one mid major for sure as kind of your warm up game. And then maybe you play a second mid-major. Maybe you play uh, a second power five. I, I think depending on how stressful the schedule is, is going to determine, you know, going forward what the coaching staff would prefer, whether it be, all right, let's play San Jose State and Rice versus let's play Ole Miss and San Jose State or whatever. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go on. It's, I think it's just going to be hard, unfortunately, just because you can't – it's just it's going to be really difficult to kind of – shoehorn any more big games in there because you've got so many already well also uh, i think i think the thing comes down to like what is going to excite fans more like going to play oregon maybe going to play stanford meh i mean i know there's an old rivalry but like you've been up there so many times it's not like there's a packed house of screaming people versus going to play georgia or going to play Ole miss or going to play North Carolina or something like I want to go places where I haven't been before. I want to see new places. I want to see the Grove at Ole Miss. Like that sounds amazing. I want to be a part of that. I want to go to Baton Rouge and get some gumbo, you know, before a game. Do I want to go up to San- to Stanford and get some wine and cheese? Maybe. Maybe that's what, what you're interested in, but you've done that already too. I think that's the thing is like in 20 years, that's going to be a very alluring, you know, uh, a rivalry type of game. Oh, bringing it back. But right now, next 10 years, eh, I'd rather go somewhere new and check out a new place along with all these other Big Ten places. Yeah. Um, one thing to keep in mind, 
um, is what if Notre Dame joins the Big Ten? That takes that out-of-conference game and puts it into conference, and that would be a protected rivalry or however they do it going forward. True. Then, then you'd have some more opportunities. But already having Notre Dame and the nine-game Big, uh, Big Ten schedule, I think that makes it tough. Uh, let's go to M, and he had a, a few of these, but he says, was there selling to recruits at Oregon that they were joining the Big Ten? And he goes on to say to help sort of with recruiting and all of that. So that – I don't know. There was something that was talked about uh, on the Peristyle. Have you heard anything about? I, I have not. I've been kind of out of the, the loop there. But was that something that's been going on? Have you heard it all, Shotgun? Yeah, not from any of the recruits I've talked to, or even the kind of the interviews I've read recently. It's not like you know guys that were also looking at Oregon, um, being told like, yeah, they're going to get in the Big Ten too. So that's one of those. If you're a coaching staff, that's not something you're really going to sell at this point. I don't think. I don't think you want to sell that until it actually comes to fruition. I mean, maybe you say, like, oh, you never know. We could end up in the Big Ten. Like, I don't think you're constantly selling that. So I don't think that's something that's, that's being sold at least hard um, for recruits at Oregon. Yeah. All right. We've got a couple more from Ulao Ulao, and we'll uh, end it on that. First, uh, how good could this defense be realistically? Top eight in the Pac-12. Yeah, they can definitely yeah. be pop- top eight in the Pac-12. The question is, can they be – you know, instead of being, can they be top six in the Pac-12, and then by virtue of that just kind of symmetry, can they be top, you know, can they be the top half of the, if they're in the top half, I think that's good enough for, to make it to the playoffs at least. Yeah. You know, if they're in the top half of the country. Um, Now, if you want to win the championship, you're going to have to be even better than that. You know, you have to be top 35 probably. If you're top 35, I think you can win a championship with the offense they're going to have. Um, but if you're in the top, how many teams are there now? 120 something. If no, there's you're in the 130 top, something, I think. 130 something now. If you're in the top 70 to 65, I think you can make the playoffs with that. Now you got to get better than that. You want to be better than that. But I think that's kind of the floor for still being able to make the playoffs. Yeah. And then he also wanted to know, can uh, Caleb Williams do it? Uh, can he have another magical year? Can Caleb take us to the playoff with this near impossible Pac-12 schedule? I don't know if it's a near well, impossible schedule. Yeah, if, if this schedule is near impossible, what's the Big Ten schedule going to be? Yeah. What's the SEC <laughs> schedule for whatever team next year? Um, yeah, he can do it. I mean, he's 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 a talisman. He makes the offense go. He's a generational quarterback. He's the best that a lot of people have seen. I don't know about Ryan because Ryan's seen some dudes at USC. He's the best. I've he's seen. A, he's the best I've seen for sure. Um, you know, and from seeing elite 11 camps and all that type of stuff, he, he, he just stands out like all the things he does and the maturity that he has. Like that's something that you'd expect something to have come up by now, like him to have said the wrong thing. And the worst thing is him painting his fingernails and him putting the <laughs> F word on him. And, oh, the horror in Salt Lake city. <laughs> he put the F word on his fingernail. Other than that, like there's, and like he comes out later on from that Salt Lake City trip that he like got tickets for a kid to uh, kid and his brother to come whose parent had passed away or something like that's the the other story that comes out of that game versus yeah. oh the horror uh, so like that's Kayla Williams like the maturity that he's shown the way he goes about everything and if you haven't read the story that Chris Trevino wrote when, uh, right at his Heisman when he was uh you know when he won the Heisman. 
you know, I helped him through that story, but he talked to so many people, the building of a Heisman quarterback, how he came to be this player and this person. I think it shows so much about his character of where he came from being a kid that was undersized that didn't get to play. And he just kept getting better, kept getting better. They put a plan together. He and his dad and his, his the group of people around him, and it, they've just kept working at it. And he constantly works. You know, you see him, and he's a what is he a, a Gucci model now or something? I don't know what whatever. Uh, uh, there's some I can't even uh, keep track. Yeah, notable um, nil deal he's got going on. Plus the beats and everything else. Walks into the stadium with these weird Oscar the Grouch shoes on. Whatever. He's doing it with flair. He's doing it with fashion. But he's doing it with uh, respectability and doing it with, you know, just uh, an ability that we haven't seen in several years at USC. I got one last comment. Uh, James says, this whole show sounds like it's completely about Ryan and Shotgun's experience with these schools and not not what it's like for USC. Um, I'm not sure what you mean, but, you know, I think we're trying to portray like what what it could be when us this is all going to be new right this is a whole new the whole schedule is different like we've never gone to i've never covered a usc team that didn't play you know outside the covid year like cal and stanford you know like that's never happened um all this stuff is going to be new you know there is no more weekender that's just weird you know you're not going to go to pacific northwest you're not going to play an arizona school um, more recently, a Utah or a Colorado, like it, it's, this is new for all, for everyone involved in this. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure what to tell you. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> this isn't, this isn't the day before they're playing a game. This isn't our tunnel visions <laughs> on Thursdays leading into a game. So, uh, what do you want to know about it? Give us a question, James, throw it in there. What, what do you want to know about what it's going to be like for you? Now we're, we're done. I, hey, it's going to be, it's going to be difficult for them to travel to some of these places. Hey, it's going to be completely new opponents. They're going to have to figure out what's life like in the big 10. What's it like? You know, these big 10 schools got to have a feel for everybody, each other. Now USC is going to have to get that feel on the fly as they're going. Uh, so, you know, we've talked about all those things. We talked about how, you know, the challenges of the scheduling going forward, what do they do? I don't know what exactly you want us to be talking about. And uh, I think SC Neil pointed out, it's a great point, Ryan. You don't have to have the weekender anymore. Now you can have the Chicago weekender because especially if they start, if they schedule it, the Northwestern trip to be opposite of the Notre Dame, then you should have a Chicago weekender (laughs) three out of every four years. You're sick of drinking San Francisco dry. Now go Chicago. You know, you can do that. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. All right. Well, now you you, you have the, uh, the band and the song girls and everything out on a different pier, right? Don't they yeah. do, a, they do the pier. downtown and uh, in San Francisco, uh, Union Square, and then now you have Navy Pier. Just Navy. do, it, just switch it up. That's all. I think they still do Navy Pier. I'm pretty sure they do that. I don't know. Yep. All right. Well, great stuff. Uh, thanks, Shotgun, for jumping in here last minute. I know you got to get on the road with all your uh, D1 baseball stuff. Um, who's so real quick? I don't. I haven't paid attention. Like, who's left? Like, what? The Super Regionals now? Is that what? Super regionals. There are 16 teams left. This is the you know it's a three game series this weekend to go to the College World Series. This is a huge weekend for teams. Um, you know, eight get into the College World Series, get to go to Omaha. That's what every team kind of breaks it down on. Kind of how basketball does Final Four in baseball. It's about making it to Omaha. So you know there are 16 teams left. The front runners are Wake Forest is the team to beat, the number one overall seed. Okay. They are the best team in the country. They're the only team that I've watched this year and been like, ah. every other team I watch, I, there's something I go like, this is how you can beat them. This is it. 
Wake Forest, I don't know how you can do that. Um, but the other teams to watch, LSU has the most talent of anyone in the country probably. They have the number one and number two overall picks in the MLB draft that will be selected, more than likely the number one number two guys, Paul Skeens, an Air Force transfer, and Dylan Cruz, uh, an outfielder, center fielder. And then on the West Coast, Stanford won uh, their regional last week, came out of the loser's bracket to win. They are trying to make it to the College World Series for the third consecutive season. They are going to be taking on Texas. Those two teams play a lot in non-conference and whatnot, so it should be a really good series. They haven't played since 2021, I think it is. Oregon made it through. They beat Vanderbilt, a traditional power in baseball in the last 20 years. They beat Vanderbilt in Nashville. Now they get to host a regional, and they're going to get to play a four seed. You know, The regionals are seeded one, two, three, four. They're playing a four seed, Oral Roberts, who swept through the Steelwater Regional in Oklahoma State, including beating Washington and putting Washington out, I think it was. Um, so it's going to be a really fun thing up there. They Almost every single Super Regional is sold out already. I think I've seen a tweet from almost everyone. Uh, Oregon, I think, is doing a really cool thing. For the outside of PK Park, the baseball facility, they're going to have the screens and stuff. They're going to have a fan fest on the outside of Autzen, basically. So any fans that aren't able to get in for tickets are going to be able to go and watch uh, on the screen and whatnot uh, during the game. So it should be really fun atmosphere up there as well. And then I will be heading to Virginia to see uh, the University of Virginia take on Duke, a team that had beat Virginia earlier in the season. But Virginia is rolling right now. They were outstanding last week. Um, and I think they'll do it again this week. So we'll see what happens. But those are – I think that's half of the field right there for you, at, at least uh, to give you an idea of some of the teams in there. The SEC still have several other teams as well. Florida is going to play South Carolina. Um, Arkansas is – actually, Arkansas got put out by TCU. So TCU is playing Indiana State. Ryan, I thought this, this is a very interesting story. And I know you're a guy who volunteers a lot. Indiana State hosted last year, last week, the regional. That's a big deal for Indiana State to be able to host. They hosted the conference tournament the week before, but unfortunately, they're not going to be able to host this week, even though they were supposed to, because they have Special Olympics this week, and they are not going to be able to host because they don't have the amount of workers, basically. So wow. they had to say, "We're sorry, we can't host," and so the the series got moved to TCU. But something good comes out of this. The TCU fans, they got some great fans. The TCU fans said, hey, this sucks that you guys can't host. We're excited that we're going to get to host, but let's start a fundraiser. So they have raised, I think it's a close to $25,000 for the Special Olympics of Indiana um, because this situation did not allow Indiana State to host. So I, I think it was 25000 Maybe it was a little bit less than that, but – Awesome thing to see fans just kind of rallying around, like, hey, sorry you guys aren't going to be able to host. We're going to have fun. Come down, drink some beers with this type of thing, and we're going to donate some money to your Special Olympics cause up there as well. That's awesome. That's a great – just college athletic stories like that are amazing. Uh, wouldn't let you go on this, but we'll talk about USC baseball in a second. Rob is not happy on YouTube. He's like, you guys never listen to me, never. So one thing, if you're going to be in the YouTube comments, it's better to have one concise thought and put it into you know one post because we can put that up on the screen as opposed to a stream of consciousness with like three words 15 times in a row it's hard to put that up there but he wanted us to take one more question because he didn't like that last question thought it was bad i get your point so i'll put this one up how did usc's baseball do team do overall this season which i hate asking shotgun that's because we don't have a lot of time i would say but i mean overall this was a team that they you know they should have made the postseason they kind of got screwed for Stank's first year, pretty amazing. And, and Shotgun's done a really good job with the 
Um, Dato Download, you got to go check that out. Like, uh, you know, he's interviewed everyone that's been involved with the baseball program. So you can get a real in depth view of what's been going on with that. But yeah, USC played enough, did enough to make the, the, the uh, postseason and didn't get in. Yeah, we were surprised they didn't get in. Pretty much every prognostication out there had them in the tournament heading into Selection Monday, and they were left out, unfortunately for them. Um, you know, and a couple other – the West Coast in general just got disrespected mostly. Um, Arizona was the only bubble team to get in, and they were a shocker to get in. But then you start looking at some of the connections of which ADs on the committee and who does he know and where did he – oh, this guy worked at Arizona for 18 years and now is on the committee – and this guy's really good friends with one of the coaches. Those type of things always go into those those uh, conversations behind closed doors and whatnot. But Arizona's the only one that got in. They went to and out. Uh, but USC had it a phenomenal season for the first season under Andy Stankiewicz. They just did not have enough talent, in my opinion, to be anywhere close to what they were doing this year. So that tells me the ability of this coaching staff to find some gems in the transfer portal because they got hired super late. Um, so there wasn't a, like there wasn't the Caleb Williams out there available to begin with. Um, and the guys they brought in, they wouldn't have been able to bring in the Caleb Williams anyways. But the guys they brought in, they you know were under the radar guys. No one really thought, oh, that's a dude right there. That's immediately going to be a game changer for them. And their their transfers really made a difference for them. So they'll have to continue to build on that going forward. But it was an amazing season for what they were picked to do. They were picked to finish next to last in the Pac-12. I think at D1 Baseball, we had them picked last, maybe next to last as well. I know the Pac-12 coaches had them next to last, but they finished fourth overall. Um, they didn't play well on the road. They played great at home. They they had some great crowds at Dado this year, so that was really awesome to see. And they're just going to continue to build and build from here, I think, with the coaching staff they have. Now, the, the caveat there is – they got to try to keep that coaching staff together. And Travis Jewett, their hitting coach, is uh, is a candidate for the Washington State head coach opening that is uh, open right now or vacancy that's open right now. So we'll see if they can keep them together. And if not, can they go out and hire someone else to bring in that you know has the same cachet and you know do as well of a job as Travis Travis Jewett did? Their pitching staff was amazing this year, and you know it's going to be fun to watch them continue to play going forward. Um, and someone asked about Deuce. Deuce will play. I dropped a tidbit from talking to I think an assistant GM uh, from a major league club at the end of the last Dato download podcast. So make sure you listen to that. So you can hear about what, what was said about Deuce. Nice. All right. Great stuff there. Lots of uh, big 10 scheduled talk, recruiting, even some college baseball with, with, cause we got shotgun Spratling on. So that's uh, he's in full <laughs> baseball mode. I'm surprised we got him for this. So there's good. Usually he just checks out for you know a month or something. I'm like, Hey, shotgun, you still around? He's like, yeah, baseball, baseball, baseball. So, usually, like, usually regional tournament, the regionals and the super regional, that three week stretch. Uh, you know, my roommates like, are do you still live here? I don't, I don't know if I've seen you recently or not. So yeah, it, it comes in. That's why there shouldn't be allowed. There should be a dead period for commitments for any other sport uh, during regional weekend, for sure. All right. Well, that's Shotgun Spratling. I'm Ryan Abraham. Thanks for, I know my voice has not been uh, the best, but uh wanted to get you guys a show, even though I'm a little under the weather, I'm probably going to go pass out and stuff after this, but hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks for Shotgun joining in. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. If you're listening on the podcasting platform or on our YouTube channel, watching us there, we, we love all that. And make sure you go check out uscfootball.com for all kinds of amazing content and 60% off, like I said, uh, thanks to our sponsor, Trader Joe. So hope you guys enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. 
People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible. This helps to keep our costs low, and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just great values at honest prices. Every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.